for tuning in to today's broadcast. So, so we said we were talking about from the topic of proven and how to be proven is to be tried and tested. To be proven is to be tried and tested. And then uh, we gave you guys uh, first, first Timothy 3.10. First Timothy 3.10. We can look at that real quick. It says, uh, let these also, um, let these also first be proved. Let these also be first be proved. Then let them use the office of a deacon, being found blameless. So, of course, if a if the office of a deacon has to be proven, in every level of of operating ministry has to go through a proven stage. And then um, Deuteronomy eight verse two. Uh, Deuteronomy eight verse two. The Lord says, "I've taken you through the wilderness." Uh, what number one to humble you number two to prove you uh number three so you would know what's in your heart whether you would keep his commandments or not and so we talked about how how a lot of times we we believe we're fine you know like think about where does the frustration come when you're whether you believe for promotion whether you believe for breakthrough whether you believe for appointment or platform your frustration comes comes because we think we're ready we believe we're ready but God searches the heart and God knows if we're ready. So it's not like a punishment. Is saying, God is saying, you may be ready in your own eyes, but for where I'm taking you, you don't have enough to handle that. So, so I remember uh, years ago, uh, this was around the time I broke my patella. And so I was actually, my son actually posted a video just recently of, uh, of uh, our team. It was called the Sons of Thunder. And he posted a video. He said, you know, he was like, good times playing the Sons of Thunder. But if you watch the video, there's a whole lot of people playing out there, but you won't see me playing. But if you look hard, you'll see me on the sidelines. I'm coaching. And so my son said, boy, back in the 90s, uh, church was Columbus Christian Center. He was like, CCC back in the 90s, man, we really had a good time. But what my son doesn't realize, that video wasn't from the 90s. That video was from 2000. And I know it because... I broke my patella. Uh, well, I broke my patella in 2000, 2001. It took me to to uh, to start the process of healing. You know what I'm saying? And so when I broke my patella, people, uh, my wife didn't want me playing basketball anymore because I was getting busted lips and all types of things. Anyway, and so she wasn't praying as hard. That's how I hurt myself. It's all her fault. <laughs> well, but she apologized. She was like, "Baby, I haven't really been praying for you." Because <laughs> I ain't, I want you to stop playing, right? But 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 the interesting thing is, people kept coming up to me and says, you know, um, man, you know, maybe God was telling you something. So my response to everybody was, man, everything ain't all spiritual all the time. I broke my patella. I overworked it, running in weight jackets and all types of stuff. Somebody could have flicked it with their finger, and they probably it probably would have snapped around that time. And, and basically, I was just running like this and ran into a guy's knee, and not to be graphic, but four-fifths of my patella was on my thigh. And so uh, this guy from Trinidad, uh, I believe his name is Harry Jackson. Uh, he's a missionary from Trinidad, so he's come to church all the time. He said, Keith, how you doing, man? And I was on my crutch. He said, he said what happened? I said, playing basketball, I hurt my knee. He said, man, God has a funny way of telling you things. And when he said it, everybody had been saying it, uh, when he said it, it hit me right in my chest. So I get in my car, and I said, well, Lord, are you trying to tell me something? He says, well, now that I got your attention, and he gave me this list I'm still looking for. I have it somewhere in all the papers of archives. This is before I used to save stuff on Internet. But he gave me a list of things that, that I needed to work on. And the first one on the list was humility. And so when God said humility, I'm like, humility? Like, like I wasn't noted as a prideful person. So I'm like, <laughs> Holy Spirit, you sure you got the right file? You know, I'm, I'm, I'm humble. And, and so then he had, he had a list of a whole lot of other things. This one I highlighted for a reason. Because I go to the church the next day, and I was an armor bearer, personal assistant, and I was a ministerial assistant, so I always sat up front. So when I get to church, I walk in the door, and I go, hey, where you guys want me? Well, I didn't walk like that because I was on crutches. <laughs> And uh, 
And what happened is I had, I had, they had, had a chair for me where I could hold my leg up on the chair, you know. So sit up front, and I got a leg. Hold. So when I came in, I asked, I said, okay, so, so where you guys got me at? They says, okay, well, uh, the, one of the ministers, they, uh, she said that we're going to move you further in the back. And in my mind, I said, so because I got uh, injured, should I be punished? So I was thinking, I'm playing for the church, and I got injured, so y'all put me in the back? And I heard the Holy Spirit say, come on, Mr. Humble, what's the problem? You humble, right? So I said, so, so now the person doesn't hear the conversation I'm having with the Holy Spirit. So I said, hey, wherever you want me, man, wherever you want me, that's where I want you. So he said, okay, we're going to move you. And it was a huge sanctuary, seated about 2,300 people. And so they had this, they had two sound booths. So one, one they had way in the back, but then the other one was over here for the singers. So it was, if you sat behind that sound booth, it's like the worst seat in the house because you're behind the booth and you're kind of on back of the speaker. So he said, okay, we're going to sit you over here. And it came right up my spirit again. So because I, was, uh, I got injured, should I be punished? And so I sat there um, because the Holy Spirit's like, come on, Mr. Humble. But I sat there the whole time. So I, when the pastor comes out, he'd be like, man, why we got Keith over here? Move Keith over here. I stayed there for the whole 10 months of my rehab. Nobody never offered me a better seat, <laughs> you know. Uh, I, I stayed over there, but I realized there was a level of humility that I wasn't at yet. And God said, that if you stop right here, you have enough humility. But for where I'm taking you, you don't have enough. The little bit of pride that you have in now will blow up everything that I have purpose for your life. So I need you to get that little bit out too, even though you don't see it. So, again, that wilderness humbles us, proves us so we would know what's in our heart. God already knows what's in our heart. He searches the heart. But sometimes we don't. And we're, we're, God is getting an unfair uh, rap or he gets an unfair response because we're frustrated with God as if he's caused some delay. But if we could see what's really in our heart, we will realize it's us. We're the holdup. What we're willing to dismiss can cost us a lot. Because we go, oh, this ain't no big deal. You know how we roll, right? Well, this ain't no big deal. I ain't hurt nobody, right? You ain't hurt nobody yet. <laughs> what you have that God is trying to purge can crush a lot of people, right? You know, uh, so there's, there's people I give advanced information to. God will give me the information, I give it to them. When you give them the information, they're looking at you like you're crazy. Well, what, what, I don't even think that's important. Why do I need to work on that? Or why do I need to prepare that? And you're giving them advanced information for ultimately what they desire. Then when what they desire comes along, they ain't ready for it. But they never triangulate it back to the advanced information. They don't go, well, God already gave me this information. If I would have did what God was telling me, instead of trying to get around it, I would be ready for this situation. It happens in relationships all the time. Person shows up, and now you're trying to knee-jerk, prepare yourself, and it, you clash when you should have been preparing yourself before the person showed up, right? Okay, good. I see that's going over real well. So, so, then, then, uh, so at least I got the tans over here saying, yeah, you're right. <laughs> well, we did walk through some of that, didn't we? Right. So Daniel 5.27 says, you've been weighed in the balances and you've been found wanting. That was the scripture. So, so there's something. So, so, so when you're measured, there's something missing that you need. You don't have everything you need. See, wanting there's something needed, right? So you're going through this wilderness process, and when you're proven, sometimes things are discovered that needs to be adjusted. But sometimes we're so thinking that everything that, that, that's exposed to us that we need to change is a crime. We're we kicking and screaming. We'll excuse it when actually we're supposed to change it. So for example, let's say something comes up and a person says, hey, okay, when I, as we process through this, I realize there's a level of inconsistency you have. No, 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 not when you show up, you the bomb. It's not when you show up, it's you don't realize the impact of when you're not around because you're not there, <laughs> right? The only time you, the only thing you notice is when you are there because you are there and you see you there and you're participating there. 
But when you're not there, you don't see yourself, but you're still needed. So you don't see that impact. So somebody says, well, I need you to be more consistent. I'm consistent. I'm faithful. What are you telling a person? I'm not going to change. Because I have a, a bona fide reason or, or justification for why I'm doing what I'm doing. So in that moment, you just said, now they just shared with you something that's, that, that needs adjustment or it's going to have a negative effect. So instead of you going, hey, I got a good reason for doing this, but I need to change this because this is affecting you this way. No, you're, you're telling them it should be okay because, I, I, no, 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 I got a good reason for doing this. You know, remember how we did, what's the money point of view, how we did, money said it was okay. <laughs> you know, no, it's good, it's good. No, 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 suck it up. Yeah, money said it was okay. <laughs> right? Same, same principle. We're saying, oh, no, 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 no. Excuse said it was okay. No, no, that's cool, it's cool. Yeah, I got a, good, a legit reason for you to deal with that pain and suffering. So just suffer some more. Right? I, so, so, so let's think through that. So the Bible says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. So a shepherd is a guy. We talked about that, right? Keeps you on path, on track, to make sure you get everything you need so there is nothing missing. So if I stay in line with God, nothing will be missing. The challenge is sometimes I lean to my own understanding and, and to my own sweetness or my own, you know, my intellect or, my, or, or the confidence of my ability and I'll slide out of God's path. And so now I'm missing opportunities to get what I need to keep me on track to fulfill what God wants me to do. Right? To pass the test. Right? So, so, so I, I may get around the test, leaning to my own understanding, but I'm not passing the test. And sometimes we think the test we get around wasn't needed because we got by it. But it was supposed to forge something in us that was prepare us for something. So it actually is needed. Right? We, the tests are to embrace, not to figure out how to get around. You know, people spend their whole days in school trying to figure out how not to take the test. You know what's so tough about that? You're in class. You're there. Why not get the information? <laughs> you know, it's like you're there, right? You know, yeah, you spend your whole time, man, I got to figure out how to, you're trying, you're trying to, you're using up all this time. You're in a relationship. You're figuring out a way how to hustle the person in the relationship, how to get around the challenges. You're in a relationship. Why not grow? <laughs> why not benefit from why you're in the relationship? That means there's something you need that they have. Listen, you already know what you know. You already have what you have, right? You're trying to get what you don't have and try to find out what you don't know. And they have that, right? right so, 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 so let's go to James chapter 1. See why you didn't want this. Uh, look, look, th look, this is a, a, a special uh, anointed uh, people going to another level session. Everybody wasn't privileged to it. I'm hey, that's not fair. I'm just joking. If you see this recording, I was just playing around, you know. All right, so, <laughs> so y'all just call people up. Oh, my God, you missed it. <laughs> you should have been there, right? Right, so, so James chapter 1, and we'll start here at verse 2. It says, uh, it says, my brethren, count it all joy. It's not joyful. It says count it all joy. It says when you fall into diverse temptations, different tests and trials, right? right? Why? After the semicolon, it says knowing this, right? that the trying of your faith worketh patience. It says, but let patience have its perfect, complete work that you may be perfect and entire. Look, look, look. Wanting nothing. You won't be found wanting. You won't want not. You'll want nothing. Or another verse that says you'll lack nothing. And so, so, so it says, count it all joy when you go through different um, in, in, into diverse temptations, different tests and trials, or times of measurement. See, 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 you, you were weighed in the balance. You were measured, and something was missing to keep things right, to make you ready for what you have to handle, right? And so these times of measurement is not for us to avoid, but for us to embrace, right? You're going to go through many tests and trials 
in preparation to fulfill God's purpose. But they're not punishments. They're actually preparations, right? Let's go here to uh, 1 Peter 1. We're going to jump back and forth through 1 Peter 1. So I know you'd be tempted to read ahead or, or read previous, but we'll get back to it, okay? Verse 6, it says, Wherein ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, key word for a season, if need, <laughs> if need be, and if it does need be, right? It says, if need be, I'm just telling you, it does need be, you are in heaviness through, look, manifold temptations, like multiple types of tests and measurements, right? It says, it says for a season, because we, we go, well, I'm not supposed to be in heaviness. I'm a Christian. No, that's not true. You're going to be going through tests. You're going, to be, you're going to go through tests. But sometimes, soon as the, the, the test or the temptation or the measurement comes through or the weight of, of, that's challenging us to change come through, we shut down. No, we have to embrace it. That's not a, that's not a you know, uh, one of the things in, in playing sports is you prepare yourself to play, right? You work on, if you really want to get good, you work on your game. And so it says, you're working on my game, working on my game. And the interesting thing is, you show up in your mind. This goes through anybody's mind. They go, okay, uh, we want to win all our games. We're about to play the toughest team that's going to be excruciating. But some, for some reason, that player is not playing. On the inside, your thought may have a sense of relief. You know, well, I know I'm going to ball out now because I'm not playing against that competition. But there's another level. There's another level where you're embracing you hope the person show up. And so with that, when that happens is, like, like so for me, I'm ready for, I show up for the best game. I'm ready for the best player. So now I'm going, today I got to play. But something happens where the guy's late or something. Well, I, I'm weighed down. And the reason why I'm weighed is because <laughs> I, sh I showed up for the best player. And, and, and so it's hard to be motivated now because the competition is not there. The challenge is not there because I prepared my game for this. Right? So this is the thing, like, but some people in their life, they're hoping for a forfeit. You know, like, like, like so they used to tell us, you know, the other team would be showing up late. They was like, okay, you guys could play or you could just take the forfeit. I was like, no, we'll wait. Now, you know, if they show up late, you guys get the automatic win. That's fine. We don't want the automatic win. We'll just give them more time. Just give them more time. Because we, we showed up to play the game. We didn't show up just like, what champion wants a forfeit? Like, like I didn't use nothing to win. I got it on default, right? And then, so, so these tests, these manifold tests are, are forging greatness in us. It's not a punishment. It's forging greatness in us. It's not about trying to get you not to do stuff. It's about trying to get you to stuff. <laughs> you say, see, see, we, we think, it's trying to stop me from having my fun. You're not having fun. <laughs> it's trying to get you to fulfillment. That's the ultimate joy and fun, right? All right, so there are fires on Promotion Road. There are fires on Promotion Road. There's different trials of fires. It's not a fire. There are fires on promotion road. And so, so, so you're going to go through God's test and the adversary is going to not a, not a, he'll try to bruise you through his tests. God's tests are, are, are great tests. So God's tests are the flames of the wilderness, the time, and the patience test. God's tests are the flames. The fires on God's road are the wilderness, the time, the wilderness test, the time test, and the patience test, right? And so the wilderness test, and we'll get deeper into it maybe towards the end of this teaching. We'll, we'll, get, we'll go through all the tests of ministry. It's about maybe, well, it's 15 original, and I probably added like 10. Um, but the wilderness test is God directly or indirectly guides us into material, uh, materially and or spiritually dry, desolate places with no one to talk to but God. 
And so, 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 but we think, I don't understand why this is happening. You know, it's just nobody to connect with this, that, and the other. Yes, it is. It's God. Because all these other situations are diversions and distractions. So he'll, he'll allow those things. This test increases our appreciation for the good things God has already put in our lives. See, because sometimes we could so busy be thinking about what we want, we're not appreciating what we have. Uh, uh, Lauren Darby, I remember, uh, it was actually the first fast week we did. We just, uh, it was fast week. It was like, well, since we fasted, let's just come to church. This is how fast week, what we teach, started. And so uh, we just flown in the spirit. We ain't had no plan. And the Holy Spirit said, well, we, we'll just have people just share what they're, what they're learning. And Lauren said, well, you know what I realized, like, like, God's doing so much in my life, but I'm so busy looking at the, for the next thing, I'm not appreciating what he's already done. So, like, God will do, I'm praying and believing God, it'll happen. And then now, but I'm still in the frustration of what I want. And I didn't realize, God, look, look at what God has already done, right? And so the wilderness test uh, helps us to appreciate. God will use this test to this test to strip us of all wisdom and ways of the world and to teach us the ways of his spirit. So when we go through the wilderness, it'll, it'll, it'll uh, strip us. Y'all know I'm going to reteach this, so all this will be on the video the next time. You know, all the little lower thirds and stuff. So, But God, God will use this test to strip, strip us of all wisdom and ways of the world and teach us the ways of his spirit. Right? So sometimes we pick up things and habits and, uh, you know, we talk, we talk about this in marriage counseling, uh, uh, remember this worldviews, repetitious information, authoritative voices in your environment. So you pick up things and you, because you're used to them, you think it's how you're supposed to roll. But when, you, when God takes you through the wilderness, he's purging some of that stuff. Children of Israel was, uh, they, they were delivered, but what's the next thing that happened? They went to the wilderness. Like, 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 look, they was in bondage all those years. They get out of bondage. They didn't get out of bondage and say, hey, promised land. No, no, they went out. Of, they got out of bondage and was what? Right in the wilderness. Why were they in the wilderness? They had to purge out some of the things they picked up exposed to that culture. Because otherwise, they would have been taken out of bondage, but they would have brought the bondage in, into the promised land. So we think it's a punishment that we're in the wilderness. But no, it's purging us of the things that's going to have us when we get what, what God promised us and what's going to fulfill us. We'll blow it because we still, we, we talked about having uh, new, you can't put new wine in old wineskins, right? We'll blow it because we're still thinking like we were. Uh, so I'll give you an uh, example. Pastor Keith, uh, when I moved to Ohio, so I meet my lovely wife. Uh, so remember those eyes looking over the couch, you know, like, <laughs> right? So I meet my lovely wife, and so I'm talking to her, and I will talk to her, and, uh, and I say, excuse me for a second. Just look out, I was looking out the door. And so I come back, and we'd be talking for a while, a little bit of time go by, excuse me. And I talked to her for a while. Then, then I, I went and did it, and she said, what are you doing? I said, what are you talking about? She says, why do you keep looking outside? I said, oh, I'm just going to, I was just checking on my car. Now, I did it like, I did this, and until she asked the question, I didn't even realize what I was doing. It was a default for me to check on my car. Because coming from North New Jersey, my car had got stolen uh, like, like four times. And so my habit was, no matter where I parked, I would try to park close to the apartment. So I could look out the window, which was stupid because I lived on the seventh floor. So even if they were still in the car, by the time I got downstairs, they'd be gone. But I still would be looking out the window. My lifestyle was looking out the window, checking on my car. So I'd be kicking it with you. I'd be like, yo, hold on a second, man. Let me check on the car. Yeah, <laughs> like just, just as a lifestyle. I brought that from Newark to Columbus, and I'm talking to her. She's looking at me like, what's wrong with this dude? Why do you keep going to the door? Like... Was he paranoid? Is he, is he on some type of drugs? You know, why is, he, is, is somebody after him? <laughs> you know, why does he keep checking, going to the door? And I'm casual. I'm just checking on my car. See, so even though I left Newark, I brought the mindset with me to Columbus, Ohio. 
See, see, that was my detox to be ready to handle coming to Charlotte. <laughs> anyway, now we're on Columbus, Ohio. I know whoever sees this will be like, what you trying to say? Columbus is the wilderness? It was my wilderness. <laughs> right? Coming from where I came from. See, so this wasteland experience uh, drives us to culti- cultivate uh, uh, a life of prayer and in the word. So when we go through this, 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 this time where we can only talk to God, we cultivate a, a life of prayer and in the word. You know, when I transitioned and I was isolated, I wasn't in a relationship, I really grew in God at a whole nother level. I read like I never read before. You know, it, uh, they stole my car so much, the last time I let them keep it, so I came out here with no car, right? So I caught the bus everywhere. I hadn't caught the bus in ages, but I read. I got a lot of reading in. Matter of fact, when I got my first car, my, my, my reservation was, man, this is going to mess up my reading. I was even trying to read at the red lights. <laughs> it became a new habit of just spending time and getting insight and hearing from God. See, uh, David, if, uh, when you get a chance, you guys can read through it. In 1 Samuel 22, 2-14, uh, David and them was in a transition where they was in the cave of Adullam, him and his guys, right? And uh, it was David's opportunity to really trust God. Now, you know, he was, you know, he had the king after him, <laughs> you know, king in pursuit. Uh, but it was a time when him and his guys, like 400 men with them, where they, they set themselves apart and had to believe God. And you know that was in a dire situation because he sent his parents to another king. He said, man, hey, hey, King of Mo. He said, hey, hold on to my parents because I don't, until things work out the way they're supposed to work out for me. See, that was, he he was in a situation where he had to really pray and hear from God. So sometimes that isolation we think is a punishment. That isolation is for you to cultivate a relationship with God. Because when you get busy in what you want to do, one of the things that, that slips is our time with God. See, we believe for things and then we get them what normally slips. Our time with God. So that means we only would do having time with God when it was at our convenience. But how do you think God feels when you have time with him and you're doing what you want to do? You, you, have, you have something that you like to do, something that's important to you, whether it's a new job, new business, uh, uh, new marriage, and you still put God first, right? Not, you're not just putting God first because you ain't got nothing else to do. <laughs> you're putting God first in the midst of everything you're doing. That's saying you're honoring God, right? And so, so that wilderness test is, is one of those fires. But then the patience test. The patience test is one of those fires. It's when our expectations are not filled on schedule. Right? We calmly tolerate delay while refusing to be provoked by it. Sometimes we get provoked by delay. You know, my former pastor, his dad taught him delay is preparation. So anytime there's a delay, that means you're being prepared more, right? And see, a leader must uh, yield his rights to Jesus Christ so that he is able to wait for him to return his expectations to him in his own timing as undeserved blessings. See, see, during the patience test, I'm, I'm yielding all my rights and what I think I deserve to Christ, and I'm trusting Christ that he'll give me what I need in his timing, but I know it will be because he gave it to him, not because of, of my own merit, like I deserve it. It, w- it would have been through grace, Right? And that patience test puts us in that position where we can do that. I mean, think about what Noah had to go through. That's patience test at a whole nother level. You waiting for something that ain't happening yet, ever. Rain. Ain't never rained. All you know is the dew takes care of the the vegetation. God gives you a vision that's going to be rain. And he's telling you the whole world's going to be destroyed, but I'm saving you. First of all, imagine God rolled up on you and had that conversation. I'm about to destroy everybody. I want you to build this ark uh, to save some people. But these fools are going to act crazy, so it's just going to be you and your family. What's your first thought? Man, God tripping, man. Oh, you're going to destroy the world? Are you saving little on me? You think Noah was walking around like, well, of course you would save me because I'm one of the best people in the world. 
You think Noah was thinking that? He was thinking no different than us. None of us would think that we're the best person in the world or we're so wonderful that God's going to make sure he saves my family and everybody else is going to die. He's going to do all this for me and then I'm, he's going to do it, have me with all these animals and I'm going to build the ark the size of two football fields. And it's going to take me years to build in preparation for a rain that never happened. See, 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 we don't have to deal with all that. And we get frustrated and, and we don't pass the patience test. So during, a, during this time, you have to, as the scripture says in James chapter 1, you let patience have its perfect work. You have to employ patience. Give it a job. Patience should be your number one employee. Not someone that's begging for a job. Not a part-time employee. Not, not, not an on-call employee. Not a temp. Patience should be the number one employee in, 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 on our force. Right? Well, see, we, we don't employ fear, doubt, lust. They got, like, jobs. Patience is like, keep, keep handing you resumes. Just keep handing you resumes. <laughs> like, come on, man. Can I get hired? Right? And so, so during this time, we build patience. Let's go here, Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Again, we're talking about being proven and some of the things that we're processing through, we're ignoring, but they're intentional. And if you understand the purpose of a thing, you won't abuse it. But if you understand the process of a thing, you won't run from embracing it. Right? All right, so, so Romans chapter 5 and verse 3, it says this. It says, and, and not only so, but we glory in tribulations, in different tests and trials. It says, knowing this, that tribulations worketh patience. It employs patience. It says, in patience, experience and experience hope, intense expectancy. It says, in hope maketh not a shame, but the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost, which is given to us. See, hope don't make us ashamed. <laughs> Ain't that right, hope? <laughs> right? See, so, so, so this is the thing. If we employ patience, play, patience will pay for every leader who patiently leaves the results and details of their, their promotion, their ministry, their calling in the capable hands of the Lord. If we leave everything that's important to us in the capable hands of the Lord, we have our hands on too much. Something happened with family, we jump. As if we're Listen, you can't do more than God. You have limits. You see what I'm saying? But, but sometimes we think our hands and our mouth, um, and sometimes we even think our proximity is more valuable than God's impact. We're supposed to go vertical first. But a lot of times we go horizontal first. <laughs> All right? And what I mean is like we, we engage first as opposed to engaging God first. David did that. Is come back after a war, comes back and his whole family's gone. Family. His, his, all his boys, their family, going off on David. Yo, man, we out here, like, fighting a battle. Our family's gone. They're, un they're undefeated in terms of victories. Your first thought would be what? Oh, no, we about to go kick some behind. That's not what David did. He inquired of the Lord. Shall I pursue? See, see, he went vertical first. Shall I? It seemed obvious. They got your family. There's going to be a fight to get them back. Fighting is what we do. I'm a warrior. Now, why do I got to ask God? You have to ask God because just because it seems obvious doesn't mean you're supposed to do it. You still have to be led by God. You can get in the way. Sometimes we can, we can get in the way where people... Have us, but they don't get God. So somebody's falling, you can get in the way of God catching them. Right? So that's why you have to ask God. God will give us and let us know how to operate in the situations, right? So Hebrews uh, 6, all this is patience. So we have to be patient, slow to react. We have to respond and not react. Okay. Hebrews, Hebrews 6. Look, look, it says, um, 
Verse 12, it says that ye be not slowful, but followers of them who through faith and patience inherit the promises. Faith and patience. They're the wonder twins inherit the promises. The scripture says, cast not away your confidence, but it has great recompense of reward. It says you have need of patience that after you've done the will of God, you might receive the promise. After you embrace the preparation, you'll receive the promise. That's Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36, right? The scripture says, um, be confident in this very thing that he that's begun a good work will perform it. He'll work in you to willing to do his good pleasure. That's Philippians 1, 6 and Philippians 2, uh, 13. It says, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling first, 12 and 13. Right. So 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 how can we have this confidence? Because we're resting in God. We're patient in God. When we get rattled and we get frustrated, we get impatient and we compromise. We we don't have the patience and the faith in God. We we think uh, our might and our power can get us whatever we need. But scripture says it's not by power, not by might, but by my spirit, says the Lord. In Deuteronomy 8, he says, he says, it's, 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 it is. Uh, it is he that giveth thee the power to get wealth, right? It's not by us. And so you have this, you have the wilderness test, you have the patience test. These are God's testing on uh, promotion road. Uh, then you have the time test. You have the time test. And I'm just giving you nuggets of this. I'm not giving you all the breakdown of these tests. We'll talk about that later. It says, by all outward appearances, God does not seem to be fulfilling the word he gave us in the past when we're going through the time test. The time test tries our patience, focusing us, forcing us to trust God to fulfill his call and ministry in his own time and way, right? So the time test really challenges us to trust that God to do it in his timing. See, uh, to, uh, to everything there's a season, there's a time for every purpose, Ecclesiastes 3, right? Uh, you are the tutors and governors until the appointed time of the Father. Not the appointed time of when we think we should uh, get what we need, right? Galatians 4, 1 and 2, right? So again, when we go on through the time test, this test gives us an opportunity to grow in faith. Gives us an opportunity to grow in faith. So sometimes you can get what you want soon, but if you don't grow in faith, you won't be able to handle some of the things that happen when you get on the platform, Right? So, so, so each level prepares you for the next level. The time test purifies a leader's motives and attitudes. And I know what we think. I got all the right motives and I got all the right attitude. We always approve on ourselves. But in reality, we don't know what's in there. That's why God allows us to go through tests. I thought I had the right uh, motives and attitude my entire life. <laughs> you know, um, but God took me through things to reveal things that I didn't know was in there. I, I think, and when I look back, I never said it this way before, but I'm sure, I'm sure I've talked about the situation. But when I first, like, like my wife, she, uh, we was we had a, a counseling session, and she was uh, sharing how, you know, when you have a help me, a lot of times God puts what's in the help me. Um, so, so, so they have a piece and you have a piece. So obviously, God has designed me to be a visionary. So the first day I met her, she says, are, are you a minister? That's the first words when she came out of my mouth. Like, we could be talking about anything. She said, are you a minister? I was like, no, nah, I, I got a basketball trial next week. So she spoke out what I do now from the first time, from, from the first day she met me. And so, 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 so I blew that off. I carried my Bible everywhere I went. I know y'all carry phones now, but I carry my Bible. I was always studying. I, wanted, I didn't want to miss an opportunity to study. So it was at the car wash, I wanted to study. You know, wherever, wherever I went, I just wanted to study. I didn't like, I don't like waiting anyway. So my waiting time now is I just read. If I get to the restaurant ahead of time, I can just read. So I'm not, man, I'm sorry, I'm so late. It's cool. <laughs> I'm just trying to get more insight from God, Right? And so, so, and then my Bible, I was, I was reading through it, through, studying through this because I had some, some particular notes in there. That Bible, if I didn't think I had a call in my life, why is that Bible designed? I can give it to any one of y'all. Y'all can teach anything out of that Bible. 
I've referenced the references. I've referenced scriptures that didn't have references and, and, and wrote in references. So there's a reference Bible. It already has references. I read all the references, took some of the references and wrote them next to references. And then if you had a, if there was a verse with no reference, I went and found references. So I've referenced the reference Bible. That was a, that was a part of my, I don't know how many years, it took, I don't know how long it took. I just did it. Uh, I, I did it in two. I did it fully in that one. And then the Bible after that, I did it also. Um, and so I'm saying, why am I doing all that? I'm going to play professional basketball because this, this is what you would hear out of my mouth. But obviously there's something in me that knew I was called to do ministry. Why would I, why would I go through all that with the Bible? And then I used to say, well, you know, I don't want to play forever. I just want to play for a few years just because it's something I worked on. Then I, I want to go to ministry school just to learn more about the Bible. Really? I'm just not committing. I'm not all in. I'm all in with basketball. I, I didn't even worry about being embarrassed with basketball. But with ministry, I'm kind of throwing it out like, eh, you know, well, you know, something, you know, I just want to learn more about the Bible. You know, everybody ain't called. You know what I'm saying? I wasn't as zealous about ministry as some people are, you know. So I'm saying all this, there's, 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 I didn't have a genuine attitude. God had to work that out. Right? See, see, because if I don't really talk about it and put it out there, I don't have to go through the accountability and responsibility. I don't have to embrace someone telling me, no, 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 you got to make an adjustment there. No, you're not ready for that. See, I, I avoided any situation where someone could hold me accountable because they may say something, they may mention a flaw that I wasn't ready to handle. So God, God had to take me through that time test. It took longer because I had to get to a place where I was embracing the tutors and governors to the point in time of the Father, okay? So many times a leader believes that his own activity and striving can fulfill God's vision for God's church. It's God's church. God said the members in the body as it pleases him. But sometimes we think our own activity and striving is all that it takes. During the time test, when... Our plans can only fail. God arranges a miracle to bring all the glory to him. And during that time, we realized, man, ain't nothing I could do to get me where I have to go. I just need to yield to God. So during the time test, we have to maximize our moments. Don't watch time. Let time watch you. I learned that from a 16-year-old. But, um, you know, during that time, redeem the time. Maximize the moments. Ephesians um, 516, right? And that was, if you look at Abraham's process, that was Abraham's process. Joseph's process. He had the dream and look at all that he went through. Look at all the tests he went through to finally live out the dream. He'd been had the dream. I mean, he had to go through slavery. He went through jail. He went through not just misunderstanding, somebody lied. <laughs> you know, and he and the scripture says, no, he 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 still didn't shift his focus and his heart for God, right? And so these tests, these are some of the tests God takes you through. I, I, we'll go through the other ones down the road. But, but on this road, this road with fires and tests, there are God tests, but there's enemy tests. But the enemy's tests are attacks, so, so, so it's not like you're going to be without attack. You know, you got the fiery darts of the enemy, right? So, so these attacks a lot of times are the flames of lust and compromise. The flames of lust and compromise, right? This is, this is what we go through. And so, so, so remember in Mark, in Matthew chapter 4, Jesus was in the wilderness. Matter of fact, right after Jesus was endorsed by God, this is my son on well, please. The next thing is that the spirit took him into the wilderness, the next thing. Now, so, so, so Jesus would see what's in his heart. See, a lot of times we go through wonderful things, and the next thing is the wilderness. You go, where's this coming from? This is coming to purge the motives, to purge out anything that's going to affect uh, uh, you on the next level of platform. So Jesus was, was, was tempted with the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. You know, is, is, I take you to these mountains. You jump off these mountains, the angels will save you. You know, I'll give you all these kingdoms. You know, he's just constantly uh, tempting them. And he just said, it is written. It is written. It is written. 
Man shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceeds out of God. So he's passing the test with the word. When the demand was placed on him, he, let's go, uh, Matthew 4, real quick. Matthew 4. I mean, Jesus just showed us how to pass all our tests, <laughs> right? He just showed us how to pass all, how, how to be proven. All right, so this is uh, verse 17, uh, 317, Matthew 317. It says, Lo, a voice from heaven saying, This is my beloved son in whom I'm, whom I'm well pleased, right? Next verse. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit, <laughs> right, into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. This is the next thing after God says, this is my son who I'm well pleased, right? And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was afterward hungry. So no, this is the other wonderful thing. He was endorsed by God, led to be tempted, fasted 40 days and 40 nights. Not, not just walking around, yeah, yeah, God told me, you know, I'm blessed, I'm anointed, I'm a prophet, I'm this, that. He wasn't tripping on that. He still stayed his course of preparation, right? He knew it wasn't over, <laughs> right? It says, look, look, and when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou, if thou, now he's questioning what God just told him. So God can tell you something. And the adversary is going to question, he's going to try to send situations to question what God told you. God told us to move to Charlotte. Somebody broke me down. They, they wasn't being evil. They just, was, like, to them it was like, man, you sure you, you know what you're talking about? You sure you, this is God? Like, you're in, a, you're in a pretty situation here, right? And so, he, so it says, uh, it says when he, uh, verse 3, this is when the tempter came to him. He said unto him, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. And he answered and said, look, the word, it is written. Man, I shall not live by bread alone, but every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. Then the devil taketh him up to a holy city and setteth him on a pinnacle of the temple and said unto him, if thou be the, if thou be the son of God. See, again, he's still questioning who he is. Cast thyself down, for it is written, he shall give his angels charge concerning thee and in their hands they shall bear thee up lest thou at any time thou dash thy foot against a stone. He's trying to even use scripture. Right? If thou be the son of God. The whole time he's trying to say if you're the son of God, prove it. See, 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 you gotta, you gotta know who you are instead of feeling you gotta keep proving who you are. Right? And then, then uh, Jesus said unto him it is written again, thou shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Like, like, what are you doing? And again, the devil taketh him up to exceeding high mountain and showeth him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. So that was the last thing. He questioned him first, and he says, okay, this guy knows who he is. So what I'm going to do is now I, I'm going to give him the ultimate bribe, right? So I'm going to offer him something that will give him pleasure at the expense of fulfillment because maybe he might not see. What I'm offering him is a, is, is a, a compromise to all that God has for him. And he said unto him, all these things I will, I will give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. Then said Jesus unto him, get thee Satan, get thee hence Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only shalt thy serve. Look at verse 11. And the devil leaveth him, um, and the de then the devil leaveth him, behold, angels came and ministered unto him. There's another version that says, he left him for a season. So he says, okay, I can't mess with him now. I have to come back when he's a lot more vulnerable than he is now, right? And he does the same thing to us. Way back in the garden, Genesis 1 through 3, he tempted, his, he tempted Eve, uh, 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 saw that the, the food was good, saw that it was good, uh, that, it, you know, that, that, that it was pleasurable and it, it would make one wise. I, I know I'm not saying exactly what it said, but lust of the flesh, lust of the eyes, of pride of life all over again, right? These are, the, the, these are he attacks the very core of who you are. Get you to question who you are, second guess who you are, leave who you are, right? And then, you, see, see again, if you don't know who you are, you'll take on anything. But anybody that understands they're precious, they don't expose themselves to compromise. Because they know they're gonna corrupt the software. I can't do that. Are you kidding? Do you know? What I'm purposed to do, I can't do that. But if, you see, if he gets you to see yourself as less than, you figure, hey, well, 
well, what's the worst that can happen? What do I got to lose? Yeah, so, so get you to lose sight of your value, right? See, this is the key. They were, before this temptation in the garden, who put them in the garden? God. He gave them all this stuff in the garden, right? So they're in the best, they're in a position that we would love to have. If you study it out, study it out, you'll see there was even gold in the garden. The Bible actually says there's gold, there was gold just weaving through the garden. Why did the Bible even mention that? Why was that important? He could have said, you know, there was tulips through the garden. But he was just saying they had everything. And they were in the presence of God. So they have everything there in the presence of God. And, but this is the thing. The garden was never a finishing. It was a fire. See, 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 if you lose sight of this thing, sometimes we, we arrive at certain positions and places that, that, that are everybody looking at it, including yourself. Going, Man, this is wonderful. Nobody around me has been here. I've never been here before. But that's not a finishing. That's a fire. That's, that's, a, that's a step to a step. See, see, so it wasn't a finishing. It was a fire. It was a place of testing. Look, and I, I proved you. We'll get to the authority test. What he said, okay, you, you, can have, you can have everything to guard. Just don't touch those two things. That was a part of the test. He said, just, hey, just, just leave those two things alone. You can have everything else. See, he was finished with the heavens and earth and all the hosts of them, but not our purpose within it. <laughs> Scripture says, uh, and God was finished with the heavens and earth and all the hosts of them. Genesis 2.1, right? But he wasn't finished with our purpose in it. So, so they had to go through testing to prepare for the purpose, right? So, so he wasn't done. See, First uh, Peter 1, First Peter 1. See, God allows the adversary to do some things. The adversary thinks he's attacking us, but he's actually working for God. <laughs> so he's allowing these different tests because he knows we win, and it's only going to force the character we need. All right, so First Peter 1, 1. Um, we'll just start at verse 2. It says, elect, a, well, how's the start of verse 1? Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, uh, Cappadocia, Asia, and, and Bithynia. It says, elect according to the foreknowledge of God the Father through sanctification of the Spirit unto obedience and sprinkling of the blood of Jesus. He's trying to break some things down, right? Grace unto you and peace be multiplied. Right? It says, blessed be God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy has begotten us, birthed us again, born again, unto a lively hope. Key word there is a hope. A lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. So it says, put us in a position of hope. So, that, so that's, that's, that's one of the testings, hope. It says, to an inheritance incorruptible, undefiled, and that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time. It says, whereunto uh, ye greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations. Right? So, 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 okay, so, so you got so, some other things on different tests, right? It says that the trial of your faith, so faith goes through a, a test, right? The, the, te the trial of your faith being much more precious than gold, that perisheth. It says, though it be tried with fire, might be found unto praise, honor, and, and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ, whom having, having not seen, ye love. Is the love test. Operating in love and not having seen. Remember, we talk about marriage. You marry by faith and you grow in love. There's things you won't, you'll never see. You have people that will tell you in the world, well, you got to test out the marriage. You know, shack up with the person for a while. Test some things out. You know what I'm saying? So, so you know, you can't test marriage. You can't simulate marriage. You have to go all in. You have to commit. The faith is what gets it going. Ain't that right? That's right. <laughs> yeah, so, 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 but, but it's a love test. And see, see, we don't see God, so we're operating in a love test, so we're loving him despite 
not always physically seen, right? Right, so what was I at? Verse 8, right? It says, now see, it says, who having not seen ye love, in whom though now you see him not, yet believing you rejoice with joy, unspeakable, full of glory. I So you have this hope that's tested in the waiting, right? You know, that's that pride of life, right? You have the faith that's, that's tested through the fire of temptation. That's that lust of the flesh, right? You have the love that's tested through uncertainty, the lust of the eyes, right? So you have these different things that we go through. It says you're being much, faith is tested being much more precious than gold. That perishes. Now, so you say, so when it's, it's, it's saying the gold is, can be destroyed, so, so it's at, 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 at 1947, 48, some people will say, because they rounded off to 48. Uh, Fahrenheit, gold is melted, right? Uh, you get to like the 5,000s, um, it boils. If you overcook it, you can damage it, right? You know, because go, you, you want to melt it and mold it, you know what I'm saying? But you don't want to melt it and destroy it. But it's, but it's saying that our faith is much more precious than gold. And so we may go through sometimes a melting. It's, 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 not, it's, not, uh, it's not trying to destroy us. Now, this is the interesting thing. You could take gold through certain levels of Fahrenheit and to purify it. You could take something else through that same Fahrenheit. Like sit your skin in 1947 degrees Fahrenheit. See what happens. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Like, they, there's certain things that can't go through that process, but, there's, but that gold has to go through that process to be purified. Well, we have to go through a certain process to be purified for our gifting. That's why the scripture says too much is given, much is required. So a lot of times the fires and the tests that we're going through, we think it's a punishment. Well, nobody else is going through that when well, nobody else has your purpose and calling on their life. So that's why the, the flames are seven times hotter for you. Because it's trying to, 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 to work some things out in your life, right? This is the key. The signs, the roads, the mountains don't change based on our uncomfortable circumstances. It takes as long as it takes. So, for example, let's say you want to get a doctor's degree. You want to be a, a neurosurgeon. But you go through circumstances in life. Well, they don't change what it takes to get the degree. It still takes what it takes to get the degree. It takes as long as it takes. But, but something in our DNA says, because of what, I use me, because of all I went through, when I first came to the church and he was, the pastor, pastor was giving this testimony, this guy that was at a church for 17 years, and after 17 years, they sent him out for a year or two, paid him um, while they were out. Then they brought him back, gave him $80,000, and released him to start a ministry. And so, so when, I, when, I, when I was listening, I was like, man, 17 years. I was like, but all the stuff I went through, you know, if God got something for me to do, it'd probably be like four or five, you know. You know, I've been through a lot in my life, you know, a lot, a lot of hurt, hearts, heartaches, hearts, heartaches and pains. But as I started growing and time was going by, and I, I definitely got way past the five years, God was like, you, you've been stuck in thinking that you're, what you've gone through grandfathers you in for some level of promotion. No, your, your promotion has a requirement independent of the dumb stuff you were doing. You can't grandfather that in. I never told you to do that stuff anyway. You can't create uh, a havoc and say, okay, this is, the, this is my test for promotion. No, that's, your, that's something you're going to have to recover from, but that ain't got nothing to do with what it takes for what God has for you. And we can keep convincing ourselves that it don't take all that. We can sometimes run. Like, we can try to be Jonah. You know, there's a whale waiting on us too, right? There's people that's going through storms because we on a ship and we ain't supposed to be there, right? There's people going through storms because we on a ship and the whole time they're going, I don't understand why this is happening. And you sitting there going, yeah, I don't know, why are you going through that? And the whole time, because you on a ship outside of God's will. <laughs> You see what I'm saying? So, so if we just stay with the shepherd and stay on his path, 
and 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 we won't be found wanting. We won't be, you know, that's where the depression is coming from. That's where the emptiness is coming from. We're not on track. You you never be fulfilled outside out the, in compromise. And you know how you you know that while you're in church, but the scripture says the person beholds himself in the mirror. So you so you sit you sit in church and you see man. That, Man, Pastor, you talking about me. Man, man, he got me today. Boy, he stepped on my toes today. That was a good one today, right? And walk right out and go your way and forget what man or man you were when God was talking to you. See, we have to be quick to obey. We have to be quick to apply it. This, this is what you do. Jump on it right away. Do something in line of what you haven't been doing. We'll get into this when we start talking about authority. Uh, I think the next one. We was gonna get into this character test. I won't do it today because we're already here a little later. But we'll we'll get to it next week. But uh, we start talking about authority. Like like we'll see obedience is not an option as much as we think it is. It helps us to pass some tests. So when we blow stuff off, this is what I what, what parents deal with. But spiritual parents deal with this all the time. You know, you ever talk to your, 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 your sons or your daughter and, and they listen to you and you like, and you feel good about the conversation, you walk away, but man, this is a good conversation. So somebody asks, you be like, no, they, they really get it together because you based it on what? The conversation. And they didn't fight you. They kind of, you know, they said, man, mom, you right, mom, you right. And then the next thing that they did was not even close to what you talked about. And in your mind, you're saying, but if we just had this conversation, it seemed like you got this breakthrough, and like you, like you got it. I thought you got it, got it. Like, didn't you get it, get it, get it when you got it? You, I thought you got it, right? Well, they're really a, a reflection of a, sometimes how, how, how we've been operating to God, where you get it in the house, and I can see God, the Holy Spirit, saying, man, man, I, that's my girl. That's my guy. They got it, boy. Yeah, they got the breakthrough. You know, and you know how, like, you, you know, you, you realize, okay, I've been doing well when I've been around, but I haven't really been consistent. So, you know, I'm going to be consistent. How many of you said I'm going to be consistent? Don't put your hand up. Too late. Got you. Uh, <laughs> right, right. So, but, and you know how you consistent? That <laughs> wasn't right. All right. But uh, I love y'all. But you know how you was consistent that week? You remember that week? <laughs> right, and then something happens when you fade out of the consistency, or we fade out of the consistency is probably a better way of saying it. When we fade out of the consistency, right? Well, God is saying the same thing. He's like, but you just—I thought you got it when you got it when you said you got it. I thought you was got it, got it, got it. But, but, but you don't go, God, I'm not doing that. You don't tell the person advising you, I'm not doing that, do you? You know what I mean? Man, ain't nobody doing that, man. Please, you don't say that. You just don't do it. Like I was in a situation at the foster home where, where, where you know, something happened that, 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 that I really didn't like. So after 17 years, yeah, I reached my limit. So I went to the store every day. I would run from high school to the house, get the, get the money, run to the store, Pathmark on Lions Avenue. Uh, anybody see this video? Then run back home and then run to Chancellor Annex to be first in line so I can get a winner's because I was a little kid, so they probably won't let me play, right? And so that day... I didn't go to the store, but I never said I wasn't going. So I wasn't going, I ain't going to the store, but I didn't go. I didn't go. I didn't get the money. I didn't say nothing about it. I went about my business. But, you know, I was taking a stand. I ain't going to the store. You know, you ain't going to do me right. I ain't going to the store. And, you know, I, I, I basically got, uh, you know, cussed out uh, a little later. Um, but my whole point is we do that. We're on the inside. See, motives and attitudes. That's why we got to go through this, because on the inside, we're, we're mentally ascending on the outside. On the inside, we go, I ain't doing that. I don't think that's important. So that's what our holdup is, because God got to purge that out of us. When we hear God, we have to be hearken. Listen what? With the intent to obey. Not listen and go, that's nice. That's a great theory but I'm not doing it. See, if we still are in, I'm doing what I want to do when I feel like doing it, then our life is our own. If we're obedient, our life is not our own. We've been bought with a price so we can glorify God in our body and our spirit. 
So that's what the delay is, right? That's what the delay is trying to purge those things out of us. All right, so uh, we'll get to 1 Corinthians 3 next week. All right, sir. Thanks for tuning in to today's broadcast. To view videos or make donations, feel free to access our website at www.heirscc.org. Remember, at Ayers, we believe we're just what you prayed for.